welcome back to Barnside Chats with Bob and Burns. I'm Burns. And I'm Bob. And today we have a very special guest who we've been looking forward to talking to, and that is Mr. Dan Charles. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for having me to come talk to the legendary Bob and Burns. Glad to be out here in the barn, finally, enjoying the, the nice brisk air of December. Yeah, so. We make it through December. Yeah. Merle Haggard, you're just full of the good <laughs> classic references. I love it. I was raised that way. Um, <laughs> well, I good. Wish, wish there was some ladies here, though. Don't you think, Bob? Oh, that's always the nice part. You know, it's a cold barn. So yeah. You get what you get. You get what you get. There's two ladies here. There's Macy and there's Ferguson. Oh, <laughs> there is, oh, is Massey. Is that how you say it? Is Massey? I've been Massey. saying it wrong forever. Here I am trying oh. to pre- pretending I'm a farmer, and I've been saying it wrong my whole life. Massey Ferguson. Ferguson. All right. The more you know. The more you know. (laughs) Well, for those of you who don't know who I am, my name is Daniel Charles. I'm a uh, Sonoma County native, born in Petaluma, to a long line of dairy farmers. I don't know how many generations, but eventually a bunch of Italians made their way over, found their place in Petaluma, and here I am not doing dairies because that's not what I'm into. But uh, I'm currently up here in uh, the north end of the county farming some grapes for the Foley family um, where we, you know, I farm mostly for Chalk Hill Winery and uh, a little bit for Ferrari Crano, a couple little wineries around here. But that's uh, that's what I do. So I'm glad you're here with my friends who I met at YFNR, the Young Farmers and Ranchers. And currently you're sitting with over 50%, plus 75% of the exec team. Yep, so we got much. Robbie as the new treasurer. Congrats, taking over my place. <laughs> and uh, we got Burns over here. He's the new secretary, stepping up to the the, the plate. So, and I'm I'm moving up to vice chair. So we're gonna take it by storm this year. Yeah, we all moved up this year, and can't wait for the year of 2022 when we figure out everything with our young farmers and ranchers chapter. Now I don't know if you've seen it, but they. Uh, they had their awards thing, which either last night or today. Oh, I missed that. Yeah, and that uh, that Napa YFNR, they got uh, was it community service of the year. Oh, really? Yeah. Is that because uh, they also got Julian Clymer Julian's went over? Not, he's so not there anymore. He's not I know. There. He's in Spain. I know that guy's. Yeah. Where in the world is Carmen San Diego? It might as well be <laughs> Julian Clymer. He's all over the place. That guy. <laughs> I I was told that the. Uh, so, yeah, two weeks ago was that dinner dance. Mm-hmm, right. And uh, I asked one of the gals there that was running the Young Farmers uh, deal over there. I was like, so where's Julian at? And she's like, he's in Spain, and he's not coming back. <laughs> I don't know, would you? <laughs> I don't know. Never been. Uh, no, I've done the whole travel abroad thing before, and yeah. it was it was fun for a while. But it was weird. I, I figured it was a uniquely American experience. Because I was surrounded by, you know, people from Europe, from all over the world. And the, uh, most of them had been gone for four years from now. They haven't even been home. And here I was, you know, four months into a six-month stint. Like, homesick is all heck. You know, I was like, man, I missed the entire season of spring because I hopped the other hemisphere. I'm like, all I could do is just look up pictures of Petaluma in spring. And I was <laughs> so I think uh, that's got to say something about, you know, your home. To, it was that great to be yearning across the world for it so right but julian on the other hand if he's in spain i think uh it's a little warmer there he might stay there forever yeah he might we'll see you though but then again he might be homesick too yeah hopefully he comes back yeah he's got he's got some uh what is it 
He's got some priorities to come back to. Come back here with. We got another episode to do. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> but that's the benefits of doing it when you put something like this, then you have to yeah. Or receipts. What? Huh. <laughs> <laughs> Shameless. <laughs> so if you're out there, Julie, listening. <laughs> Which you can, better be. We can still contact you. You know, he doesn't draw, he doesn't write anymore. Oh, it's a shame. I know, I miss those hand-hewn letters we used to share. Very much so. I want to talk about a guy with good curses, Julian Hyland. <laughs> yeah. Anyways. Oh, I mean, one thing they don't have, I think a lot of Europe and even Asia are not going to be banned by far too. Yeah, actually, that's a fun one. I've had to, uh, so all my family over in Italy, they're all musicians, so they all play in oh. a big brass band and they, you know, do do their alpini stuff and all that but every time i go over there i used to play you know a brass instrument so they'd have me come over and play or whatever but last time i had to explain to them what a banjo was and it was just like way over their head <laughs> and i was like yeah you know it's kind of like a guitar but it's not and it's got roots closer to uh closer to italy than america that's for sure but uh so that was a fun explanation but <laughs> so yeah, that's what I do now. I play banjo, um, playing with a group called the King Street Giants. And they, you know, we've been around eight years, nine years maybe. Um, and we play traditional New Orleans jazz. So I like to call it street party music. Uh, I don't know how many of your listeners have ever been to New Orleans, but it's definitely a wild town full of, <laughs> full of a lot of music. It's kind of like Nashville. Everybody's going to Nashville nowadays to listen to music, but uh, New Orleans is the one that started it all. If you want to do a good trip. There's a it's like the American music trip. Starts in New Orleans and goes up the Mississippi from there. So oh, every really? every town you hit, if you take a boat, preferably a steamboat, <laughs> you know, all the way up the Mississippi, you get St. Louis with the blues, you get Nashville, country music, all the way up to Chicago, and that's where it kind of branches out from there. So um, but it all starts with New Orleans with uh jazz, which is kinda like America's true country or a uh, true uh, music form. So tradition. Traditional, so that's what we do. It's called trad jazz. A lot of people call it Dixieland, but uh, there's a weird, weird history behind that. So we we, we stick with trad jazz. <laughs> um, <laughs> so it's uh yeah, we try to keep true to the form, but you know we are all California boys, so we're uh you know we have our own spin on it. So we we have a good time. Yeah, something I noticed, and I was in band back in middle school and elementary school. What'd you play? I played the baritone, the trombone. The baritone, really. The tuba. Oh, wow. <laughs> and a little bit of the alto sax. Oh, very good. Right on. Oh, you're right. Heck yeah. There's some <laughs> sweet recorder players out there. I did that in fourth grade. That's where it was born. I don't remember. That's all I played. Yeah, we had, we had sing, we had sing, what, sing, singing class from like kindergarten through third grade. And then fourth and fifth grade was we either played band or we played music and in music we learned all the notes to sing and whatever mm-hmm. la, 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 you know, kind of thing <laughs> can i hear that one more time oh yeah and then try doing that backwards that's i can't do that anymore. but anyways so we either had like a little a little flute or it was recorded those were the only two that we could play that year or in that class mm-hmm and, you know, 
got more. The teacher would play the piano, and then we would play those. Okay. Be one of those, and then you know I chose band the next year and played baritone, which was the biggest level thing you could find. <laughs> you know, you don't find a lot of baritone players, and I appreciate that because oh. I started with saxophone, mostly because there was a girl that I liked in elementary school that was in the band. So I'm like, well, what the heck can I do to stay around this general vicinity? So uh, picked up the sax, and I don't like reeds that much, so I went to yeah. switch to a French horn, mm. which was the best instrument of all time. But uh, but the, the way I got in the band I'm in now is uh, we, we did band trips in high school, and one of them was to New Orleans, and I was like, oh, shoot, we should start a trad jazz band. So you know, we showed up to New Orleans trying to play their music like idiotic sophomores. <laughs> but, uh, you know, which... It was fun for that time, but then after yeah, after high school, I met a couple guys that were like also totally into it. So yeah, we joined up, and here we are. Right on. Yeah. Right on. So, so then, what made you want to pick up the banjo? <laughs> the banjo was that was an interesting thing. It was a uh, so right after high school, most of my friends went to the big universities, and I was like, you know, forget that. I'm going to go to the junior college and get a better education. So that's what I did. Um, but most of my friends left, so I was like, well, shoot, I need a new hobby. And uh, my great uncle found this banjo in the corner of a welding shop that had been there since 1928. Wow. And he's like, you know, and it's like had the original calfskin head on it and had all these little holes in it because, you know, a little bead of metal would fly off and land on it. But nobody had touched it, so <laughs> he asked if he could have it. He gave it to me. It had two strings. So I, I, I learned banjo two strings at a time until I figured out how to put four strings on it. And then, you know, so started out with the four string banjo and, and these guys wanted to start a band. And I was like, well, I know about three chords. Is that enough? And surprisingly, that was about enough for two or three years. <laughs> so, you know, gave it my best. And now I'm up to probably five chords. Oh, wow. No, I'm kidding. I, I, I'm starting to like get into the chords that don't, makes sense but they're colorful i i don't know there i with music i always think there's a fine line between can you and should you right and musicians always want to go into the should you can i and i always have to say really do we want to do that because <laughs> it sounds cool but it's a little funky so uh -huh. but so a lot of guys are into that but i'm just kind of more more a down-home guy because music's always been super big tradition in my family not like that I have many musicians in my family. Like I'm probably the only one out of 15 cousins that plays anything. Oh really? Yeah. But I grew up with a big Italian family and they'd, uh, they'd have these big basement parties where, you know, six old guys would show up with accordions and little ladies with their silver moon hair all in a beehive shape would be dancing <laughs> to accordion music. So kind of started young and here we are today. Doesn't sound like a night of hope exactly. <laughs> yeah right see, well see that and that's the thing john volpe is another one of those guys a beautiful accordion player and that's just one of the things that a lot of the italians in petaluma used to do because i always say if if you're from petaluma your last name should either end in an i an a or an o mm -hmm. meaning you're either you know a lavio a spoleto or a pacheco <laughs> yeah so um and you know that's kind of like the the segue of you know how tradition in sonoma county of farming goes because it's you know all old-time farmers all coming over from europe and stuff like that try their hand at a new place and it's funny my, my family 
ended up in Sonoma County really early back in like the turn of the century. Mm-hmm. And I actually, so my great grandfather was a dairy farmer down in Santa Barbara and he got called back to Italy for world war one. Mm-hmm. So he, he went back and fought, you know, with the Italian army with the, at the time that was the allied force. Um, and then he stayed in Italy and it wasn't until world war two came around that everybody left again and came back to a, back to California. Mm-hmm. So here we are farming again. Yeah. So <laughs> glad to be doing that, except definitely glad to not be dealing with the cows. Yeah. I like cows, but grapes don't talk back. So <laughs> that's really nice. You cut them and they die. Oh, that's a little harsh. <laughs> no, they take it. You turn it really, really. If you look at it, making wine and grapes and all this stuff, you're just taking water and turning it into wine. Yeah. It's the great miracle that we all are all blessed with. It so. is. It is. <laughs> Either white or white or red. Oh, there's all the colors in between. There's rosé. Rosé all day. Which, back in the day, was the white Zinfandel. Everybody loved that. But, yeah. So. Yeah, good stuff. I mean, I, we talked about it earlier, and, you know, we're all part of time <laughs> here at this table. Nice. Good to be with you. Yeah. <laughs> and we all, you, you're the only one that has an O at the end. Lavia was the maiden name, yeah. But my grandmother was with Mani, which is, it's funny, everything's a body part. So Mani means hands, mm-hmm. Lavio means lips. Mm-hmm. Um, eventually they come together and <laughs> you just get, you know, names mixing. But it's funny because my grandparents came from villages pretty close yeah, in Italy, mm-hmm. but, you know, their families didn't know one another because... One was at the top of the mountain, one was at the bottom or of the mountain. each layer of that mountain. Yeah, each layer of the mountain. I know so. exactly what you're talking about, because that's what my mom's side is like. Ah, okay. Where are they from? Shoot, what is that? Where are they from? They made their own town. Oh, there you go. <laughs> Tamanis. And, uh, okay. They used to, I guess they used to make chocolate. Oh, wow. Yeah, Swiss, oh, that's cool. Swiss chocolate. Oh, very nice. Okay, so it's a northern Italian thing, yeah, for sure. And it's funny because then, you know, we talk about it at home all the time. And it's like, so I got family on both sides of Switzerland and in Switzerland. Okay. So it's like my dad's side is from the Black Forest, which is southern Germany. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I know where it's at. Yeah. And then, you know, my mom's mom's side is from Switzerland. Okay. And the Alps. Then, like, my mom's dad is, like, further down the mountain than mm-hmm. much. Mm-hmm. So it's still Italy, Italian, Swiss, Italian. They got their own language. Yeah, and right. I don't even know it. What are the four? They got Swiss, speak German, French, Italian. And I think the other one's Romanche, oh. is, which is like, I don't think it's related to anything Latin at all. Yeah. <laughs> so who knows where that comes from? It's the same like the Basque language has no Latin roots. And it's just like, I don't know where this came from. But yeah, but uh Who's that? Tristan Benson. Tristan Benson. <laughs> I haven't seen that guy around in a long time. He's around. He's around. I talked to him. He says the, the, the market is going crazy. It's like $100 a foot right now. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. Yeah. Are you selling it around here? Yeah. No, I think he's still traveling down to Bowerman Bakery. He's going, all, he's going down to LA. Ah, so for bread. Yeah. yeah. Artisan. Shoot. Artisan. 
Doesn't he know that the distilleries are starting to pop off here in yes. Sonoma County? Not yes. that I think too many of them are very yes. good, but hey, yeah, that's a market I'd get into. I think it was Seismic he was saying was starting to really get into it. Oh, yeah. Rye PAs? <laughs> Pretty good. I'd give it a try. Yeah. I haven't, but um, yeah, he was saying something about Seismic, I think, is starting. A lot of these people, because of the COVID deal, is fitting to get a lot of trucking in. Mm-hmm. They're trying to, they're sourcing local now. I love that. And uh, I think it's a great, great thing. If you want to see some good local beers, Russian River does a whole program where it's all from the, the Crane Ranch. Yeah. So they got, you know, hops from the Crane Ranch. They got malt from the Crane Ranch, which blows my mind because growing grain in Sonoma County, like the dirt we have here is pretty expensive. So mm-hmm. I, I really love seeing people trying something different other than, other than grapes and cows. Yeah. That's basically Sonoma County, grapes and cows. Even if we go to the capital, okay? I remember in fourth grade, we went to the, to the state capital. Mm-hmm. All they had, they have each county and all their, you know, attributes. Mm-hmm. Sonoma County, wine and grapes. That's it. I mean, I got to love it. You know, it's what that's the choice I, I mean, made was to go that way. But I'd love to see something, you know, different, which is why I love diversity diversity and we've done or you guys have done the podcast with raspberry farmers you've done it with rye farmers apparently yeah egg farmers farmers. eggs got pretty steep tradition too they they got uh, their history here but um it kind of dwindles and then comes back and I'm, i'm excited to see all the little you know little producers around town we got one guy in windsor i think it's a wiseacre farms Mm-hmm. And it's just, you know, a singular patch of dirt, but he's, they, you know, they're doing it right. They got their mobile chicken houses that they move, you know, in four quadrants and yep. they're, they're killing it. They have this little, uh, it's like a refrigerator candy machine where you, you know, you put your credit card in, you punch in a number and you get a half dozen eggs. Mm-hmm. They're definitely pricey, but they're always sold out and I love to see it. I mean, yeah. there's some, I don't know. I, I believe wholeheartedly in the whole buying local thing. Cause we can produce so much here. We're in, you know, the best soil in, I think, the planet. And, <laughs> which is funny, we're talking about our Italian heritage and all mm-hmm. that stuff. My my nonni comes from way up in the Alps, from, you know, pretty pretty extreme poverty up there. Yeah. And, you know, they could only grow Swiss chard and potatoes. She comes to the most fertile place on earth. All she wants to grow is Swiss, Swiss chard, chard and potatoes. <laughs> <laughs> so after a lot of years they finally you know tomatoes they got a good garden going on now but if i have to eat swiss chard ever again in my life <laughs> dropping someone no. yeah yeah no but i love to hear that tristan's doing you know yeah, no, grains he, and he's getting more diverse too and he's really up in his ante. well tristan if you're out there i think there's plenty of distilleries around town that would love to get some some rye because there's nothing like a good rye whiskey I think what Tristan is looking for is he's needing some help. All right. Help and land. No, he's got the land. But, you know, if you're willing to lease, he's the man to ask. But he's in dire need of operators. Ah, for equipment? And equipment, yes. (laughs) Aren't we all? (laughs) It gets pretty difficult, especially, like, we've had a hard time keeping operators because – you know, after all the fires that we've had here, construction's been so big. Mm-hmm. And guys can go make a lot of money really fast working construction because they can work, you know, extra hours and they'll pay the overtime where, you know, a lot of operations for farming are kind of 
overtime adverse, I guess. So yeah, there's a new law. Was is it a law or requirement now that by 2022 you can't go eight and a half? Yep. Well, so. The way it works for overtime. for overtime. So California was the only state in the union where in agriculture you could work 10 hours without getting paid overtime. So it's, it's a give and take, you know, I wouldn't want to work 10 hours and not get paid overtime, but yeah. it's also, you know, how do we keep the industry alive if the costs are always continuing to rise, but, mm-hmm. but yeah, I don't know. You got to take care of your guys and you know, they'll take care of you. So yeah especially in an industry that kind of requires overtime work anyway. So, yeah, I mean, you never know when something happens, you need to get it done. Well, especially especially with grapes. Everything's so time sensitive that, you know, you can't really work yeah. an 8-hour day and get it all done. So, we're all trying to navigate that right now, which is not it's getting a little cloudy. Not really sure how it's going to turn out, but we'll see. Oh, I mean, we've thrown around, you know, extra shifts or or just paying, you know, paying more overtime and biting the bullet, which from a budget standpoint, it's not the best, but get get, it done. gets the job done. So, mm-hmm. and that's, I guess that's just another thing with agriculture. It's always navigating the stormy waters. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Things are too calm. You get a little <laughs> restless, you know? <laughs> yeah. And when something happens, it gets intense. <laughs> yeah. And when something happens over there, you can bet your ass it's going to happen over there. <laughs> so. Yep. Yep. Yeah, it's uh when it when it rains it pours unless in California, but yeah. <laughs> well, it pours for one day. Yeah, hey. Sometimes two. We'll take get, what we can get. Get all your inches per year in one day. On <laughs> one, two days. Yeah, one right. Shot. Yeah. Well, if you got a, if you got you know storage space for it, at least it's you get a little runoff. But yeah, I thought about that. It's like, how do we get all this runoff and store it? But it, maybe we should bring back water towers. That'd be interesting. I think you'd need a whole lot of them. Yeah. And I think, I think the direction, at least like you know the UC Cooperative Extension and all that's trying to go, yeah. is building your soil up to use that as the water tank essentially. Yeah. Because you know the more organic material you put in the dirt, the more capacity it's going to have to hold water. And uh-huh. there's there's all this you know research going into how do we capture carbon carbon and put it in the soil, and then you know having trying to emulate the Great Plains with, you know, pasture lands and cows going over it for a short amount of time. And then they come back again later. And how does that build up your soil and, you know, try to help store water? Because really what it comes down to, if we're all running short on water, we're all going to dig wells. And our wells are going to have to get deeper and deeper and deeper. And, you know, some people have it, some people don't. For example, my family in Petaluma, we have an old dairy farm and the cows have gone because... You know, there's everything went, you either went organic or you didn't. And if you didn't go organic, you went out. Mm-hmm. And now it's, you know, even harder because it's going into, you know, soy milks and all that stuff. So most of the dairy farmers have started making their own products like cheese and stuff like that, which is good. And then, you know, thank God for Clover because they really <laughs> make an outlet for all the farmers around there. But, but uh, like I was saying, so my family has this ranch that we weren't using for cows really much anymore. So we we're trying to make the switch over to grapes over there too. But the hardest problem is water. We've only ever had a well that produces five gallons a minute. And that's not really enough to get stuff done. So we always relied on the rain. And we had plenty of livestock ponds, but 
unfortunately it hasn't been coming lately so water is the big question where is it going to come from how are we going to get it so i'm trying right now to work with my family on how can we build soils to hold water and try to get it that way because when it does come it comes but when it doesn't you're you know up creek right so <laughs> um and that's the, that's what we're doing now and my sister just uh started working at the cooperative extension up in Santa Rosa. So she's working on grants for, you know, building soils and that kind of stuff. So it's all kind of coming full circle. We'll see how it goes. But yeah. that's, <laughs> that's the fun thing about farming too, is like, there's always the tradition of farming. And then there's the advances in farming that come from, you know, studying it and all that kind of stuff. And what I like about it is it's so generational that you get the influence from old timer family and they, they, they instill the passion. They show you how they did it. And then I think it's our job to kind of pick that up and expand upon it. So I love having the cooperative extension. There's my shout out shameless, but, <laughs> you know, they're always finding a better way to do things. And that's where you can, you know, argue, is it better? Is it not? But you got to give it a try. So we'll see what we can do. Sure. That was a weird rant, but hey, we came full circle, I think. No, we <laughs> It wasn't a triangle, it was a circle. Hey, you can do a lot of things with a triangle. Strongest shape out there. Why do you think the, they have pylons in like a, you know? Why do you think they have the pyramids? They're still standing. Yeah? Speaking of which, you know how they built the pyramids? Yes. So, I mean, they had slaves, which yeah, probably not the best thing, but... You know, different time. They also had a wheat harvest that went bad because it rained, mm -hmm. and they stored them in these clay pots. Yeah. So they essentially were like, well, I don't know what to do with this, feed it to the slaves. Turned out all the wheat fermented, oh. and they built the pyramids on beer. <laughs> that's that's the history lesson okay. for you folks. Yeah, I was, I was <laughs> not informed about that, or I forgot about it in junior college. <laughs> um, if you want an interesting history, look into the history of fermentation. <laughs> yeah, probably best bet at that one. But I was thinking you're going off of like they found the quartz mine and they had to go bring it down the hill and bring it back up and lift it and whatever. You can lift a lot more with uh, beer strength, that's for sure. Oh, yeah, I don't doubt that. <laughs> you can do a lot more and not get hurt, too. I'm not <laughs> condoning drinking beer at work either. Don't do that. <laughs> Luckily, we're not working right now. Yes. Uh, <laughs> That's a shout out to Rainier, my third favorite beer. <laughs> the only one, though, that's still in business. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, rest in peace, Olympia and Hams. They don't have the red cap anymore. No, that was just a limited time only. Yeah, yeah it doesn't. used to do the thing where you pull off like hedge caps and you plant a tree. Plant a tree, yeah. Hey, I like that. Unfortunately, I can't see red, so I wouldn't know which tabs to pull. But... That's right, you're colorblind. <laughs> Which, that's another interesting story. It's not red. Yeah, it's close enough, right? Red's all, uh, you know, your own perception. Yeah, I got, I had a, so the other day we had in and out for dinner. And, uh, Fancy. yeah. And <laughs> I was reading the, the bag, and you know how they got the festive bags now, and it's like, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, please not. Totally. And it's in red. I looked at it the other day and I thought it was green because so I got the red green shade deal for color blindness. Yeah, that's that's the most common one. I was like, what is going on here? I, did they change the color? And I, you know, I really had to look at it, and for sure enough, it was red. 
and the eyes are just getting worse and worse. Oh man, <laughs> uh, I think it's what did I hear? One third of the male population mm -hmm. is some sort of colorblind, um, and red green's the most most common. So yeah. that's what I have too. Don't don't tell any employer I have because I've definitely had jobs where they're like, must see full color vision. Eh. I'll let you find out if I can see color vision or not. If but. you can see the colors red and green, like on a stoplight, you're fine. Yeah. I mean, shoot, I'll tell you, I didn't even know I was colorblind until I was a sophomore in high school. Really? Yeah, when you learn about it in genetics class uh -huh. for biology, yeah. they, they put the colorblind test up. And I'm like, all right, what's everybody see? And all the kids are, oh, it's a nine. And I'm like, I have no idea what you guys are talking about. <laughs> so a teacher calls me up afterwards, and he's like, I get one of you kids every year. Just don't know what's going on. So he's like, yeah, you're colorblind. I'm like, oh, great. So, of course, this happens in front of class. So all the kids are pulling tops off markers and asking me to put them back on. And, yeah. Ah, it's a big mess. Yeah, I hated that. It's like football practice when they're, they're telling, of course, it's football. So football's in the fall. You got all the trees you know, uh -huh. turning color. You're like, what color is that? I, like, I don't know. Brown? Yeah. Well, luckily with grapevines, if they turn red, not a good thing. You want them to turn yellow. Yeah. So everybody likes the yellow leaves in the in my industry. Well, they're also the most uh, photographic. Totally. Well, that's also funny though. I always, you know, I like to go wine tasting. Mm -hmm. So I'll go into a winery and then, you know, behind the bar they'll have a big picture of a big red vineyard, and everybody's like, "Oh, it's so pretty!" And all I can think is, "Oh, leaf roll. Oh, <laughs> red blotch. <laughs> Not good. No, <laughs> virus. <laughs> but but it does make for you know, pretty uh." pretty scenery and that's something we're definitely blessed with around here oh yeah especially especially around here bob you got freaking the heart of the russian river valley i don't think there's a prettier spot around here yeah <laughs> yeah we're we're uh, recording at the actual barn where barnside chats was discussed and became where it all originated from yes exactly and, and i talked about it too a little bit Shameless plug. I don't know if you heard it. <laughs> I did not, unfortunately. And I listened to the crush all day, every day, but just happened to be walking around doing their, something. It's on their website. They have like yeah, perfect. I'll have to look it up. I, uh, I throw out a lot of names, a lot of businesses. I collect a lot of stuff. Shamelessly, of course. Tristan Benson, <laughs> Andrew Ryan, California Upfront Properties. Rachel Boring, Boring Farms. Uh, Morgan. Morgan Giamona, Tamales Bay Pastures. Talked about you and your side burns. Yeah. Just because I had to, because people wondered why his name Burns. Well, maybe it's arsonist or something. Yeah. I clarify that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I. Uh, yeah. Okay. You know, you're not the only famous Burns out there. Who else? There's General Burnside, oh. the forefather of the sideburns. Doesn't he? Doesn't that start in the Civil War? Uh huh. Yeah. I'm sure it was pretty popular back then. But you know what? Nobody's doing the friendly. The sideburns you know into the does? mustache. Joe Pinheiro did. Joe Pinheiro. <laughs> he wasn't the janitor at the high school, though, was he? No. Oh, I know who you're talking about, though. Yeah. Yeah, he's got it. He rocks it with heavy chops down Heck here yeah. next to the lip. To all those people out there listening, you should uh, look up the friendly. It's the best facial hair out there, especially my girlfriend. You should look it up because uh, <laughs> it's coming. <laughs> well, you, you don't have much work to do. 
Oh, I know. She she likes my big beard, so I, I have to keep it around for a while. But <laughs> I, like, I like to keep her on her toes, a little surprising something every once in a while, whether it's a big old handlebar mustache or, or something, but got to keep it fresh. Mm-hmm. So. You could rock the friendly and play the banjo. That's the only hard thing about playing a banjo. You, you can't look too goofy, otherwise people are gonna be like, "Oh, uh-huh. uh, look at you!" You know. <laughs> Already, I get enough stuff. The the one joke I get all the time is is how do you how do you tell if a stage is level? And the answer is always if the drool is coming out both sides of the banjo player's mouth. What? And it doesn't make any sense to me. But everybody thinks banjo players are dumb. They're the smartest people out there. Look at Steve Martin. I really like Steve Martin. Everybody does. Fantastic banjo player. Can't beat it. Except for maybe Earl Scruggs. Yeah. The forefather <laughs> of the Scruggs style five finger or you know three finger picking style mm-hmm. for the five string banjo. Now, have you yet to try him attempting the Beatles banjo at all? Oh yeah. I mean, he got it. Shoot, I played a gig yesterday, and oh. the first thing. I hear when I pull out my banjo, oh, I play dually banjos. <laughs> so, of course, you know, when I was 18, I was like, oh, I'm going to learn this. This is going to be great. Nobody ever asked to, to hear it. Now, So now I don't even play a banjo with five strings anymore, and that's all I get. It's either that or Mumford and Sons, mm. which I don't even think that band has banjos anymore. There's another band that yeah. I think used to be good. but yeah. And sons, I like that. <laughs> oh boy. And sons. Heck yeah. Agreed. If there's anything we could come away from this table today, and sons. <laughs> oh boy. Yeah, you did. You know, the older that Deliverance movie gets, I think the less people are going to be afraid of it. So I think it would make some Bring absolute enjoyment. It would make some enjoyment, you know? I'd be okay with that. If I was going down the river, I heard a banjo, I'd be pretty happy. So, Definitely not taking my banjo on the river. That's <laughs> a good way to lose a valuable instrument. Right. But So for Deliverance, is it a how many string banjo? Five string. Five. Five string. So actually, the, the song Dueling Banjos... Is really a banjo and a guitar right. playing, you know, against yeah. each other. So, but yeah, that's so that's the five string playing the the three finger scrug style. Okay, which is you know, call it what you want, chicken picking or right, 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 all that kind of stuff. So yeah, because they had the the Carter scratch, where mm-hmm. they had claw hammer, was claw hammer, the one that I like, so okay. which is it's like a hybrid between 
what's called plectrum, which uh-huh. is strumming, which is what I do in the jazz band. But it was kind of like the hybrid between strumming and picking. Um, although I think it's older, that style. So I, th- I think Earl Scruggs finally picked it up and said, well, why don't I just cut out the strumming and just go, you know, as hard and fast as I can with my three <laughs> fingers. So, so uh, yeah, I, I need to learn a little bit more about the history of banjo for sure. I got a book on it. I got about three books in front of it. So <laughs> a lot of reading to do. Uh-huh. <laughs> but Yeah, Bob, I believe in that. You know, banjos, at least well, two years ago, I was starting to get interested. I was like, you know what, maybe I should because my goal one day is if I ever own a house, I'm going to have to build a porch if it doesn't have one. Or if it does, I'm going to sit on it every day. I get home from work, <laughs> just pick until it's time to you know, go to dinner and have dinner and go to bed. The eternal dream of every banjo player. This is the same. Banjo, guitar. <laughs> sit on your porch and play some free bird. Yeah. No Wi-Fi. Freebird. Oh, that guy. Every t- I, There's always that guy. You go to a show, and somebody's got to yell Freebird. And I always think it's funny. Yeah, I had to mention this. Cause I- <laughs> oh, boy. Play some Skinner. <laughs> Which I do not think has any banjos, unfortunately. But yeah, if you guys want to pick up banjo, I got five of them. Oh. So, <laughs> I got two guns, one for the each of you. <laughs> Sounds like we're well armed. Mm-hmm. No, when you play with a pick, yeah. So I play with a pick, so which is in the old days was called a plectrum. Mm-hmm. So when you're strumming on the old banjo, it's with the plectrum. So essentially, the banjo that I play is the four-string version, um, and it's got a really long neck, so you can play a pretty wide range um, because it all comes from, well, not all of it. It it the banjo's based on instruments from Africa that were played with gourds. Um, and then, of course, like a lot of things, you know, traveled over to the United States through the slave trade and ended up being a popular instrument that they eventually slapped a hide on. And then and that, since America was such a hot spot for, you know, people coming in from all over the world, the Irish picked up the tenor banjo, which is a smaller version. Um, <laughs> You can do anything with banjos too. There's a banjo lele. It's just a ukulele <laughs> and a banjo. Great sound. It's pretty funny, but uh, yeah, there's there's a million variations on it. But. Does it almost sound like a mandolin? No, no, not really. I don't think so because the mandolin has the, the you know the full wooden body mm-hmm. and it's got double strings. Mm-hmm. So um, when you pluck those strings, it really rings for a long time. Where banjo is very short-lived. It's okay. Kind of, like, it's kind of more plunky. That's why you got to keep That's picking at it, right? why you keep picking at it, and you got to pick at it fast. Or, or, in my case, I just strum a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> you can tell which, which arm's my strumming arm, because it's just slightly stronger. <laughs> but, uh yeah, so that's that's why, you know, everybody seems like you have to play it so fast, mm-hmm. because the, the sound is pretty short-lived. Gotcha. So. Gotcha. You know, speaking that you have five banjos, and now that we have the full officer team of four people, what if, you know, like after every business meeting we have, we put 30 minutes aside for a little banjo session. And this meeting on a high note. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we could, you know, make a nice, good final, you know, Christmas end of the year party. Oh, 
<laughs> the young farmers and ranchos. Ranchers banjo. Ah, there's got to be jubilee, I guess, would be the word. Sure. Quartet? No, we're going to have more than that. Okay. It's going to be a octet. It's got to be a septet. Okay. Decatet. Decatet. That's ten. <laughs> I don't know music that well. Well, if you figure decade, ten. Yep. God bless Latin. The root of all things that are good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's... I'd be okay with that. If you got the banjo. I just need to find the time. And that's the, the trick question, isn't that's it? That's the trick question. Finding time for anything. Sure. Shoot, I even find it hard to find banjo time now. Especially with like the whole the whole COVID thing and all that. Like our group hadn't played in eight months. Mm-hmm. Something like that. And our our group is kinda going in a new direction, I guess. Um one of the members had didn't have time for it anymore, so he he's out. Um, another one, we had this star trombone player. And like when I say star, he's got a Grammy. Like, oh. He's a big boy. So, was he there when you guys played at the camp last night? I'm sure he was. Yeah, so he's the trombone. Tall guy. I mean, he's pretty skinny. He's a very fit individual. Yeah, tall guy, silver hair. He was, you know, playing the trombone. He was a monster. And, uh, uh, he was having some health issues that were keeping him from playing the trombone. So we're trying to set him up on a string bass now and kind of shifting things around. So we haven't played in many gigs in a while, but we're trying to like reconfigure and find a new sound and see what we can do because change is good in most aspects. A lot of people don't like change, but I think uh, it's good to keep you on your toes. Sometimes you need it. I mean, it's good to stay comfortable, but you know, you got to work with change. Right. I mean, well, shoot, we were talking earlier. Yeah. We're both, you know, Petaluma people. So seeing that town is changing pretty substantially, I'd say, yeah. just with switched, you know, demographics going in certain directions. But I don't know. You can either be negative about it and be all bent up about it or or just enjoy the new restaurants that come because there's going to be fancy restaurants all over the place. Yeah. But that's why I think it's really important to, Remember where you come from and stay steeped in tradition because change is going to come for you unless you, you know, keep traditions alive. So, so like for instance, my family, we, we kind of took a brief break for COVID because we used to, you know, gather in this basement all the time. We have a nice like party basement. So this year for Thanksgiving, I decided I was like, nah, I'm kind of tired of the COVID thing. Um, still took precautions, but we, we had our first party in three years and it felt fantastic. It was so nice to get everybody back. And unfortunately, there's no more accordion players. Um, although I've tried to dabble. <laughs> and that hasn't gone well. So, but, you know, trying to keep old traditions alive and that kind of aspect. So we're still trying to make as much wine as we can at home. It's never been that good. But yeah. well, we try and we like it. So it's good for us. <laughs> but uh, I do know. Is it John Volpe? No. Oh. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. No, Phil Marcucci. Oh, really? Yeah. You know Phil? I, I know the Marcucci's. I don't know Phil personally, well, but. Right yeah, that's right. Yeah. Right, right. Huh. And Phil, Phil helped us. Uh, I 
Yeah, right. Oh, right on. And he's an accordion player. Yeah. Oh, right on. I love that. Definitely uh, becoming in a lost art, but but I know uh, one guy. He, he used to play in town. He was a uh, also a banjo player, but he picked up the accordion. So he totally, you know, left left banjos in the dust. So I bought his banjo off of him, and now now that's what I play. So he forever lives in my heart. Shout out to Kalei over in he's over in Hawaii now building ukuleles. So yeah, he's still in music, but a uh, sweet accordion player. Definitely uh, lots of different influence. I'm totally used to it, just Italian songs, traditional songs, but accordions are all over the place. So lots of Balkan music and all that kind of stuff. So, which to me sounds pretty weird, but you know, it's good to hear something something different, something, something out yeah, there. Definitely more traditional, I guess. You ever listen to Balkan music? It's very uh, and if I did, hard I to follow. I probably couldn't tell you what it was. It's very Balkan. No kidding. Yeah. <laughs> it's from the States in and around the Baltic Sea, I think. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> no, it's just like the time signatures are wild. It's all like you know, odd meter. Like five, four. Or... Oh, five, four. Try like 11, 17 or something oh, like that. Geez. It's all wild stuff and I can't follow it. So I don't claim to be a good musician. So <laughs> well, I guess that would be like just about the equivalent to piano almost, right? Yeah, a little bit. We're probably closer to an organ. Okay. It's kind of the same, you know, air moving through. Pipes. Well, pipes is an organ. It's kind of like a harmonica, I guess. So this has a whole whole lot of little reeds. Yes. So as air travels across it, it'll buzz. Mm. But it's kind of like an organ because you're playing, you know, melody on the keys. You got bass pipes on the buttons. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, I no, guess so. You don't blow into it. Yeah, you don't blow into it. And bagpipes have a drone sound. So there's like, which, to bring this all full circle, <laughs> the only difference between a four-string banjo and a five-string banjo is the drone string. And it's a string that's usually tuned to the same note, and you just hit it repeatedly. Hmm. So, just like bagpipes, there's always one note that... <laughs> <laughs> God, talk about an annoying instrument. Steeped in tradition. <laughs> Throw that out there. Well, I sent you that video off the other two numbers, the video from in from Romania, I think. Yeah. But the bagpipes have the full goats. Full goats? Yeah, they were in two stuffed goats that were tuned to the bagpipes. There were like four of them. Oh, I don't remember that. Yeah, That's pretty wild. I'll, I'll, I'll show it to you later. It's stuffed goat, huh? Yeah, it was like a, it was like a, uh, like an overhaulsy, um, Pygmy goats, almost. It seemed like a really small overhaul. Maybe that's why they have pygmy goats. <laughs> I hope so. I mean, we got two out there, and they're pretty round. Right? Well, I mean, it's like... bagpipes. <laughs> Man, I thought I was coming here to talk about agriculture, and here we are talking about stuffing goats and <laughs> making them into bagpipes. Well, technically, it's still agriculture. It's still agriculture. Yeah, there you go. Well, I'm trying to go full circle like you did. <laughs> You know, I've probably said full circle more times than we've actually come full circle. I'm just going <laughs> to throw that funny. disclaimer out there. So that's the whole point of a podcast. So you guys weren't kidding when you said open forum. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Even I keep closing the loop. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> hey, I'm leaving everything like wide open. Big picture. We like to keep the circle ever growing. All right. Yeah. It goes around. 
comes around. I mean, we, we I don't know, it. man. It's like the universe. It expands for so long. It's got to retract sometimes. It's like a bubble. It's like a bubble, then it breaks. <laughs> it's all about circumstances. So, talking about animals for use. <laughs> <laughs> you know that the Navy, back in World War II, used pigs specifically for lard. Do you know what kind of pigs those were? Lard pigs? Well, yeah, but they're basically, they're called black pigs. Not kidding you. And all they are is fat. So it is, yeah, just the high fat content, They're huh? just fat. Just the sperm whale of pigs. Sure. Yeah, I guess so, huh? Sure. Well, that has to say something about uh, the active, like, activity level of people back in the 40s. If you could get away with eating lard with every meal and still look pretty good. Hey, here's looking at you because I sure know I can't. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, What was it? Uh, Now they're a heritage breed because nobody wants lard anymore. Interesting. Yeah. You ever tried cooking with lard? Nope. I have not. I think we should bring it back. It's pretty delicious. You got to make a movement. Yeah, right? Well, so every year. You know where to get some? Some lard? Yeah. Oh, heck yeah. There you go. It's always, yeah, the the Hispanic markets, that's the place to go. Because every time, you know, we'll throw a party at work mm-hmm. and we'll assign one guy who happens to be a good cook, like, hey, let's cook carnitas. He's like, okay, I need this thing, this thing, this thing. Go get me a five-gallon bucket of lard. Ah! And it's like, whoa. <laughs> All right, buddy, here we go. <laughs> but, man, it makes a difference. Yeah. It really makes a difference. Oh, really? Shameless plug. Yeah. Oh, that's right. I forgot about La Luna's. I bought a cowboy hat there once. Did not fit my head. But nothing fits my head. So that's what you got to try out first. Fit your head. Oh, I just told him to give me his biggest size. Didn't work. I mean, I make a I make a trip there annually for the garden before we get our haircuts done. Yeah. No, really. Yeah, I pick out a pinata from La Luna. So far, we've had we've had Woody. Oh, wow. Oh, we have Batman one year, too. Huh. Yeah. If you're ever driving on the 29 and going about six miles an hour because it's always packed, stop off in Rutherford. Try a little Luna. Yes. Yeah, pretty much. Rutherford Crossroad. Yes. Yeah. Right adjacent to the Luna. That's right. Yeah. Across the street from the Rutherford Grill. Those kind of things always make me laugh. You got the Rutherford Grill and you know Inglenick, all these big fancy stuff, and then you got a nice down home market. It's the Reasonable. same. If you guys ever find yourself in Yontville, mm-hmm. you know, ritzy, yeah. glamorous Yontville. Oh yeah. Two blocks down from the French Laundry, uh-huh. is a little bar. It has no windows. It's got one door, and I can't remember the name of it. But it is the grungiest place I've ever been. Mm-hmm. You can still smoke in it, really? which I didn't think was legal, but they Made it. get away with it. So everything is just coated in this yellow tar, mm-hmm. and it's gross. And there's this lady there who's the bartender, and she's the raunchiest woman I've ever met in my life. And it's hilarious. We call her Tia, uh-huh. which means aunt. She hates that because right. she yeah. Yeah, doesn't speak Spanish at all. But it's <laughs> I always find it as like a you know gleaming beacon Mm-hmm. In the world of Yontville, it's this little bar, and I, oh, God, I wish I could remember the name of it. 
but yeah, uh, try to find that out because I go through Yonkville now because we got a vineyard now. We bought a vineyard off of uh, Yonkville Crossroads. Oh, nice. Oh, no, definitely not. After work. On a working day. It's definitely an after place, kind of, after work kind of place. So, speaking of places over in Napa County, or that area of Napa County, what was that Italian place that you used to stop off at? The Napa Olive Oil Company. Napa Olive Oil Company. Oh, I've never. Is that in San Helena? Yeah, kind of. Right, is that right next Off to Charter Oaks? Yeah, oh, okay, interesting. No, I haven't been there. Yeah, just right. Uh, there's an interchange right Bill Street, and it's a, it's it's a small hill. It's kind of head to the corner. There's like a, there's a bunch of orange trees there. It would be like your grandfather's garage. Yeah. Okay. You walk, you walk in there. There's a little dip. There's another huh. little dip. Cement floor. Cement floor. It's got like. Beams, exposed beams going up. Nice. Okay. Oh, that's like home, you know? <laughs> that's like good. Home. They got salamettes that are Salamettes for days. All around. They got salami on a stick. You, you know, know, I missed out on making salamettes today. Really? Yeah. I had to go put in a floor. But oh. my uncle is a little Italian guy in his 70s now, but he's making salamettes for my cousin's wedding upcoming. Oh. And I missed it. You know, the whole place is just blank. Yeah. Oh, fresh Sign me up. Jesus. Yeah, next time you're in Napa, go over there. It's not that, I mean, it's not to promote neighboring counties. I know. Ah, Napa's but, family. But this place here is legit Italian. Like, legit. It smells Italian. Feels Italian. It smells musty. Is that what you're trying yeah. to say? <laughs> smells like a basement? Yes. <laughs> there you go. It is. And... Even the people there are Italian. Hey. I kid you not. You know what the old saying is? An Italian's only as good as his basement. <laughs> I get it. Oh, and they wrap everything in a parchment paper and string there. Oh, old-fashioned. Old-fashioned. They do it right there. Hand-tied. What's that? There's another place right in San Alino on the main drag there. It's a little sandwich shop. It's kind of the same thing. Oh. You can't, you can't see. Malo's? No, it's not some touristy thing. It's some Italian dude's name. Okay. And it's delicious. Mm. I don't travel that way. I mean, I used I, to, for work. I go through there now more often. Like, I'll, I'll look at it tomorrow. I'll look in depth tomorrow. I want to write you guys a list of all the best places that I can't yeah. remember the names of. Well, <laughs> I'll just tell you, Gots. Gots. Gots is good. Gots is good. Yeah, they, they're, they're, play their burger is great, but their french fries, even if you get the regular ones, taste just like the chili cheese fries. Oh, wow. I kid you not. At least to me. Huh. Okay, I have a controversial great, question. Great shakes. In your opinion, okay. we're going all the way on a rant. Another circle. Another circle. Yeah. Speaking of chili fries. Okay. Chili. Beans or no beans? Thank you. Good. You you picked the right answer. Because in my opinion, I don't know who I don't know who says chili without beans. Texas. I, Texas met. does, and that's why they're not the fifth largest economy in the world. <laughs> <laughs> because chili without beans is just sloppy Joe mix. I said it. So so that's your theory why Texas is called. It's not a theory. It's a fact. No, I'm not going to be that kind of guy. <laughs> I'm only that kind of guy at home. No, I. <laughs> well, and I think it just goes back to like know what you had who can grow beans not texas okay well not growing the beans but like when growing up when you got when you were told what chili was and what was in it that's what you stuck with and that's where you say 
in my chili, I have beans, meat, you know, chili spices, whatever. Mm-hmm. And that's your chili. In the defense of Texas, I think the origins of chili come from Mexico, of course. Yeah. When it was just called chili con carne. Yeah. So it's just chili with meat. So. So now Texas is basically carne. Pretty much, yeah, just carne. Just the carne. <laughs> Carne with sauce. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> Sloppy Joe mix, I'm telling you. <laughs> Put it on a piece of bread, slice of bread, call it good. Well, speaking of, of chili, we kind of a little white on our nose. Yeah. Does Guinness belong in chili? Oh, yes. Does, Does Guinness, Guinness belong in chili? You know who put Guinness in chili during the white on our chili, chili cook-off. cook-off. And you know why? Why? Because I think a pot of chili represents America. We're a giant melting pot. And what better example than the Irish <laughs> immigrating to America? We have Guinness because of that. Might as well put it in our chili. I bet you the beans were Italian. The beef is, of course, it's got to be from America, but it could be good from Australia. You never know. South Canada, America. South America. Yeah. I probably prefer beef from at least a country that touches ours. <laughs> so. Well, yeah, and it doesn't have to go over an ocean. Well, if it goes over the ocean, then you get a little kind of salt from it. Okay, so it depends on how it goes over the ocean. <laughs> like on a boat or on a plane? <laughs> Who knows? Ah, but we're lucky. We got so many beef producers here. I've been trying to trying to buy more local meat and also harvest more local meat. Yeah. But, There's um, another circle there. Another circle. Look at us. Buy local. I think oh. circles are not a very strong shape, so... Let's go full triangle on this one. Okay. Uh, not, no promises. <laughs> well, going over the tip of the spear of the triangle. Just the, just the tip? <laughs> you, go, you go to the skirt end, bottom end of the triangle, base end. We're keeping that one. That's not getting edited no, out. No, that's not getting edited. That's all on you. So. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I just heard it the other day, so I thought it was all right. I couldn't miss it. The tip of the iceberg? Yes. You know, another just... circle. <laughs> if I'm ever having a bad day at work... I just remember the lookout on the Titanic. At least I'm having a better day than him. Yeah. True story. <laughs> now, the question is, what about the second Titanic that they put down? That, that one sank too. Did it? Really? <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, there's a sister ship. Uh, what was it called? It was called? called the Queen or something. Something no, like that. They did make a Titanic too. Oh, really? Yes. Did it sink? I don't know. That's my question. And I have yet to look it up and find out. All right, listeners. This one's on you. <laughs> look it up and hit us up on hashtag Instagram. <laughs> yeah, Bob and Burns at, on Instagram. Check or, us out. Or on TikTok or on Twitter. Famous club. Are you on TikTok? Yeah. yeah really? Yeah, we do dances together. No kidding. Yeah, you know about the one with the Applebee's. Oh, the fancy like one? Yeah, fancy like with Applebee's. Were you actually at Applebee's? Oh, no. No, no. Nobody does it at Applebee's. They just do it next to their barn, rocks. backyard, off a tractor, off their horse. I'd go to Applebee's. No, no, no. You <laughs> Why? <laughs> Hashtag trademarks? <laughs> you don't want to be promoting something that's not yours. That's not yours. Applebee's is for everyone. Uh, no, not, it's not like Olive Garden. We're here, your family. Yeah, it's like oh, Olive Garden, your family, endless breadsticks. I mean, you can't beat that. I mean, carbs go more. That nice little uh, picture frame up in the right-hand corner when you walk in that says most ingredients will cause cancer. Yes. Love it. <laughs> hey, at least they're honest. Okay? Oh, hey, honesty's a virtue. Yeah. 
Yeah. You know what they say. I mean, what do they say? A bird in the hand's worth two in the bush. Okay. That's my favorite saying. Still trying to figure out what it means, but. It's worth two in the bush. Well, speaking of restaurants similar, that's a great loss of our society locally. Is no it gone? Outback. No yeah. more Outback. Yeah, Runner Park, no more Outback. If you want to go to Outback, you got to go to Pitbull. You know, or Vacaville. Here's a little secret. Fairfield, Vacaville. They yeah. got one. I've been a couple places in this world. Yeah. Australia is not one I typically enjoy. No, I heard that they got like birds down there that will attack you. Oh, yeah. Just by walking. Magpies. That's yeah. what they're called, those yeah. little expletive I can't say on the radio. Those guys are jerks. Everything down there wants to hurt you except the possums. The possums are adorable. They're these little fuzzy things. But I'll tell you what. I was down there for a month thinking there's all this wildlife and stuff in there. The only time I ever saw a kangaroo was roadkill. Really? It's the only time. Just got hit by a truck. They got big trucks there. I know they do. Everything's triples. Yeah. It's like a land trains. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And you know why that is? Because the wombats. Wombats. I'm serious. You know about a wombat? Poops cubes. Well, that, that's too. But <laughs> if you hit one, they'll blow up your rear dip out of your truck. Really? Yeah, they're like little wombats. They're pretty big, those little guys. That's what um, the firefighters um, from New Zealand said. Yeah. Because they're from the wombats, and the wombat holes, they say if you go in a wombat hole, sometimes they don't carry fire shelters. Mm-hmm. Wombat holes, for safety. Mm-hmm. Go feet first in a wombat hole. Yeah, because they, they can crush your head. Yeah, because they've got really strong back legs, so they can just crush your head. They'll push you out. No, no, they'll just... Oh, That's their defense mechanism, yeah. is a solid rear end. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> so feet first, wombat hole. If you ever go, it's a great place. Just feet first. I really don't plan on it, but you know. hey, you should plan on New Zealand. That's a wonderful know. country there. They don't have wombats, but they got everything else. Yeah. Not really. They actually don't have a lot of stuff. They got a lot of sheep. A lot of sheep. Seven sheep for every person yeah. in this the country of New Zealand. I think I did hear that recently. Mm-hmm. Kiwis, they're good people. Mm-hmm. They're all fantastic people. They got bad ketchup, but they're great people. You know, that's another conflicting food thing. I heard that the ketchup here is literally the worst than anywhere else in the world. It says all the countries you are the fifth largest economy in the world. I know. But is that Texas? Texas. <laughs> <laughs> Who was it that said that to me recently? Yeah. It's all the countries that are was, jealous because they can't grow. It was grow. at one of our meetings. We got our first I can see it, though. But I don't know who it was. We enjoy consistency here in the United States. So there is literally one guy at Heinz 57 who's paid to just make sure the ketchup never tastes any different. Mm-hmm. Has to say the same. Real. Real. And that's why people like Bud Light. Consistently, consistently the worst beer out there. Consistently the worst beer is correct. Unless you're a rice farmer. They love that kind of stuff. Bud Light, if you're listening to this, sorry, I don't like it. <laughs> oh, I really do not like it. I don't drink this stuff. Yeah. I'm good. You're no. probably better off for that. You should keep that up. Yeah. I've been toning it down and just sticking to reindeer. Sticking to the good life and corn liquor and no no beer. <laughs> <laughs> well, they say a glass of wine's good for your heart. It's also good for your local economy. Well, I got plenty of that because they gave it to me for free, I believe. Nice. At least during Thanksgiving, they try to, you know, 
they give us a couple bottles. This year's our 50th anniversary, and they decided to make champagne. 50th anniversary where, shameless plug? St. Francis Winery. There we go. Very nice. <laughs> yeah, we got, we're celebrating our 50th anniversary this year. And with limited time offer, you can get yourself <laughs> champagne, St. Francis Champagne, which is sparkling wine, very sparkling, and it's very rare because we don't we don't make champagne. It makes itself. <laughs> no, <laughs> we actually shipped it to another winery of ours that makes it. But needless to say. We have 50th anniversary champagne on sale right now at stfranciswinery.com. That was a very good show. We are shipping. <laughs> if you even want a special holiday styled bottle, look on our website. It's there. Now, is there like a buy one get one free deal? Oh, free I don't know. I don't. I don't have my. Uh, I don't have my work phone with me where I have all this uh, advertisement <laughs> But you know, if I any. Like well, I just know that we were selling champagne this year because it's our 50th anniversary. Did you guys know <laughs> <laughs> You know what? If I can make if I can make more money off of this podcast than there, then I'm okay. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> so, uh, anyways, let's let's talk a little bit about Young Farmers. So, how did you how did you start out with Young Farmers, Dan? Yeah, it was actually six years ago from yesterday. Really? No, it was it was a bit of yeah, it was yesterday, and uh, I had just moved back from college. Uh, I went to Harvard of the West Coast, also known as Cal Poly. Um, go Mustangs. Go Mustangs, ride high. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I had just gotten back after that and needed a friend group, and my cousins were in the uh, YFNR, so they brought me to the, uh, what's that place, the Union Hotel, yeah. the uh, end of the year meeting. Another time. So here I am thinking that every freaking YFNR meeting was a super awesome Italian <laughs> meal. And hey, every every uh, meeting has had a great meal. But uh, yeah, that's how I started. Just thought I would uh, try to meet a new friend group. And I was really sold on the social aspect of it, of course, um, which uh, I try to keep alive. Um, I know there's a lot of like business with wife and R, but it, to me it really is about networking and, and about having a good time and spending time with your community because there's this problem with Petaluma people. They don't like to leave Petaluma very much. So I didn't get to know anybody from the great white north. Also, anyone north of the 12 interchange, which I like to call the continental divide. <laughs> uh, <laughs> now here I am, now a new member of Windsor. And now I get to talk with guys all the time from the northern end of the county. But at the time, I didn't know anybody doing anything other than cows. I knew some chicken guys. Um, and I was like, oh, i got to meet the grape guys. This, that's kind of where it started. So I think, uh, you know, I got to have plenty of good speeches from John Boletto at the baseball game and learn about water issues and stuff like that. So it really is good for, you know, listening to guest speakers hearing about the current issues in your community and they affect us all. doesn't matter what you're growing, you know, water, cows need water, grapes need water, all that kind of stuff. You well, need water. Eating, I need water. 
Yeah, that was kind of fun, huh? Yeah, Nobody cool. likes to think about the government entity that's out there, but you know what? Those USDA guys are all right. They're, they were fun people. They were fun. Especially when your brother said what he said, and he just, he lost it. Oh, oh God. <laughs> I don't think you can say that on the radio either. Yeah, well, I mean, we could, but I'm just saying, it's like, that was that was hilarious. He was, he just, so we were all eating, he just, just dropped his plate, just couldn't help himself. He was being all serious until that moment. <laughs> Yeah, don't forget you can't uh, can't sell beef or any other kind of meat unless the USDA looks at it. So it was good to hear from that is true from their side of the thing. Although there is a uh, I read today, this legislature passed was it AB eight eight eight, where they are making it easier to where you can buy your processed meats lo- more locally. Hmm. Than ever than before. Oh, really? Is that because they don't have to be inspected, or it could be, it could be not. I didn't look that far into. Because I know that's a hard that's a hard thing with you know the small shops like Bud's Meats down in Pank Grove. Well, they're they're going to even open up another one. Are they? That's great news. Not Buds. Oh, not Buds. Not Buds is opening up, but there's going to be one in like Malice, I think. Oh, right on. Rumor has it. Rumor has it. See, I like places like that because you can take your own meat get it processed and you know the way that you they want. do it and you don't have to have it inspected mm-hmm. inspections are good for the general public but you know if you screw up your own meat it's on you we all trust ourselves he's got good meat he knows a butcher there you go that's we were supposed to have a mobile butcher at one of the YFNR yeah we were supposed to have my dad too but that didn't well yeah. shameless plug let's get him on that's well I'm gonna work on it with uh with our new chair this year. Very good. Yeah, we got a planning meeting coming up. We're going to plan out the world. Speaking of the meat industry, what? Another one, Tony Brazil. Tony Brazil, yes. Oh, so, so I talked to Tony. Yeah? We were at the barn dance in Napa. Oh, that was not really fun. He can cut a rug. That guy can do so many things that surprise me. You ever tried to play pool against him? No. Yeah, he's kicked he's gonna, my butt a couple he'll times. Kick, he'll kick your rear in bowling. He's in a bowling league. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> no boundaries on that guy. No, and he won't let anything get in his way to stop him. It's great. That's awesome. Anyways. Oh, I love what he's doing at the auction yard, though, because we used to spend so much time there as kids, mostly because it used to be Mike's Burgers at the yard. Mm-hmm. Now it's Roy's Chicago Hot Dogs. Also very good. Shameless plug. <laughs> that one will definitely plug you for sure. But Except one exception. No Applebee's. But we said Applebee's, I think, probably 15 times on that. Got me fancy like Roy's dogs. On the corner. <laughs> At the yard. Petaluma. <laughs> All right, keep it going, Bob. At the livestock auction. At the counter being auctioneer. Very That's nice. Not, <laughs> it's not my style country. It's not mine either. <laughs> I know. It's we got a catchy tune. We started off this uh, little meet and greet here today with talks of Merle Haggard, Roger Miller, my favorite. Scruggs. 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 We've, we've touched them all. That's all you need. Those three. Life is simple. The, the, the Trinity. The Holy Tr- Hey, we're talking about coming full triangle, right? Yeah. 
<laughs> Although we did add Wayland Jones. Uh, Trapezoids. Rhombus. Trapezoids are five points, right? Pentagons are five points. Trapezoids just make four points. Of an oblong shape, I think. Rhombus is like a period. This is going to be really embarrassing if you're wrong. Oh, no, I'm right. Oh, good. No, I took he, geometry. Hey, I taught a day of geometry once. <laughs> yeah? And I still don't remember anything about it. Uh, except for <laughs> A squared plus B squared equals C, C squared. Pythagoras. The great. <laughs> Pythagorean theorem. <laughs> He's got quite the theory. Definitely. It's not a theory. It's a theorem. Is that the plural of theory? You know what? I don't know. I've always wondered what it's the, not theories. I want to know what the plural of Prius is. Is it Prii? Priuses? I, I would think Prii. It's funny because you don't see Prius anymore. It's like everybody who had a Prius ten years ago now they're in a Tesla. So I stopped hitting people for slug bugs. Stopped hitting people for Priuses. I only hit for Teslas now. And let me tell you, there's a lot of sore shoulders out there, especially in the local two areas that we've been talking about. <laughs> pretty much. But hey, I'm thinking he's down for it. Electric vehicles, pretty neat. There you go. I just don't think anybody's going to be able to drive them. I've seen people pass me in those suckers, and it's like, oh, you're going to crash. That's way too fast for most people. <laughs> did, you, did you hear about the other day how no one could get into a car if they owned a Tesla? No, really? Yeah, their uh, app went down. You know why? I thought about being going to Texas on a vacation. Still am. I'll probably go. Austin would be cool. Good music scene. Fort Worth. That's where it's at. All right. No, but it's definitely. And hey, I haven't forgotten the Alamo, so I'm going to go. Yes. One of these days. Just don't tell them I was talking smack. (laughs) (laughs) This beer is Davy Crockett. Some chili? Oh, no. <laughs> they do have chili cook-offs. Actually, my roommate is in a chili cook-off next week. Oh, really? Another circle there. Another circle. Well, they used to do, you know, that was one of the things. I think school used to start later because high school kids would go pick grapes. There's no high school kids picking grapes anymore. But. I think there's it, one of the summer students, didn't they pick grapes this year? For harvest? Yeah, they're farmers. Yeah. Oh, at Sonoma, they have. See, I'm starting to learn about all these high schools that have hookups with grapes. That's Santa, awesome. Santa Rosa's got one. Ukiah's got a small vineyard, too. Oh, I didn't know about Ukiah. See, that's great. Give kids an option to try something different outside. Yeah, that was the one thing at Petaluma High School they don't have. Didn't have any growing stuff. We had plenty of good machine shops, welding shops. Yeah, yeah ag mechanics. That, you know, and I get that everybody has their own I was just, I was kind of like, hmm, how can we make this a full circle? <laughs> full triangle. A full triangle. <laughs> you know, and I actually, I was out at uh, an old teacher there that has a history at Federal High School, Mr. King. Mr. King. Have you ever been to his property? I have not. Astonishing. Really? Just everything that he did was like two and two. Top notch. Dotted nine. 
Legends. Legends are for us to look up to. Anyways, it's, it's kind of like, I think he used his place as a skate park. Oh, well, okay. Back in the day. Granted, it's on the other side of town. Right. But, you know, at least he gave the students a chance. I kind of wish maybe one day Pebble will have that back. If I ever find myself retiring and getting bored, I would like to go back and maybe try to teach a, an ad class or something out of high school. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's not in learning grapes for however many years you're going to work and then just dying with the knowledge. So. even better, what you can do is not become a teacher, but become like a, a coach with proficiency. Or not proficiencies, but the teams. The, uh, yeah. SAE teams. Yeah, that's an option. There's, you know, even... Bring back uh, the center of the DC uh, Jagger Oh, yeah, there you go. <laughs> Were you both in that? No. I was for like two meetings and then quit. Oh, shoot. I was <laughs> in that. Ah, a... uh, okay. I went yeah, in I and still, then it died. I still went in and saw No. <laughs> yeah, I was in that for the three years that I was there, and that was a good that was a good way to make connections, too. I got a, I got. One of my first winery jobs was out of that. Went worked for Boletto, which was so welcome because I was cleaning swimming pools at the time. Great family. I just don't ever. Every time I had to look at a swimming pool, I just think of all the horrors I've found in a skimmer basket. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, I'm not touching that thing. I think I know who you're talking about. <laughs> another, another name that ends with an I? Is it? No. Okay. Of course, I'm sure there's plenty, plenty of families with pools that end with eyes. But the Continental yes. Divide. The Continental Divide, Highway 12. <laughs> <laughs> it's a serious thing. Yeah. <laughs> I believe it. But uh, yeah. Yeah, good old JT. Hey, it looks like they're expanding a whole bunch too. I saw like cranes, and I think they're putting in. Looks like they took out the chemistry building, so. Oh yeah, yeah. Hoping they're putting something well, back. They're gonna put in a portable. What is it? Is it a portable housing for students? I think they're talking about when or I left. Dorms, dormitory. When I left, they just put in that heavy building on the other side of the building. Oh, okay. Just, just west of the Meredith, on that same. Yeah, sure. Same side. Sure, sure. Ah, okay. Cool. I'll tell you what, man. I had to go, you know, down south as a transfer student to the Harvard of the West Coast. I think I might have got a better education. Eh, not a better education, but just as equally as good of an education at the junior college. I use a joke because it was like, man, these teachers care way too much for being in a junior college. But, you know, here I am later, like, man, I learned so much stuff there. And you see JC all the way. And I mean, yeah, I might have missed out on a bit of the social aspects of dorm life and all that. It was definitely a weird vibe being a transfer student when everybody's made their friends. But, but shoot, I don't, I don't know. I think if I send my kids to college, I'll be going to the JC. 
but I, yeah, I still try to stop over at Shone Farm too and you know pick up. They got like you know vegetables. vegetable pickups and yeah. stuff, and they got everything, man. Dried beans, wine, olive oil, all that good stuff. So yeah, support your uh, local education by buying local <laughs> vegetables. Full circle. There you go. Perfect. I'm just a JC student. I didn't even really go in for agriculture. That's how I got my that's how I got my scholarship was for agriculture and tech training. Oh there you go. Technology. And unfortunately, uh, when I was there at the junior college, the only diesel technology they had was Interesting. Yeah, so it was a little bit more about diesel motor rather than agriculture and stuff. Hmm. Which I was for, but I also wanted you know, the application part. Like, okay, so we got the motor together, we got this to the transmission together, we got all the aspects, axles, whatever, all together. What can we make it do? What can we make it do, and how do we know <laughs> if it's going to you know, withstand the stresses that we put it through? And does it need death? Yeah, does it need no. <laughs> it does not. <laughs> At that time it didn't. Um, but yeah, uh, that was one aspect that they were talking about. They were talking about, yeah, we should probably do it because my teacher mm -hmm. used to work at Garden Tractor. Ah, okay. And so he was trying to bring the ag side in. And then they were even talking about moving up to Shun Farm. Oh, interesting. Uh, no more space to play. Not only that, but natural woodlands. Right. Open space. Right. <laughs> You've got to clear a lot of trees and stuff. Yeah. Well, they've got a hundred acres of forest. Yeah, but I think they could probably do like a forest management program. It'd probably be pretty applicable up here. It would be, especially after the wildfires. Yeah. Wow. I mean, if you keep drinking right here, we could plant more trees. <laughs> there you go. After we cut them down. Full circle. Yes. <laughs> yes. For sure. Oh, man. So if you have uh, Lori and uh, Kyle, you know, they got the little sticker book. And now we'll make you a sticker for full triangle. Full triangle. I like that. I didn't know they had a sticker business. Yeah. Really? Creations of middle ones. Yeah. They're on Instagram. Plug. Plug. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Huh. Well, Bob, you got anything else to say tonight? Well, I mean, if we're still plugging stuff. Yeah, if you want to. Local yeah, agriculture. Yeah. I mean, Why not? I don't know if you saw the nut, the nut shack that we did. I did. Man, what a what an experience. It looks like it's all ready for Christmas. Yeah, the best of the nut house. It was the, the, first, uh, the first year we ever had the nut house. Oh, those are the shiniest nuts I've ever seen. Oh, <laughs> I love it. But, uh, man, I know it's all sustainable. The, if you look at that shed out there, Oh, oh, right on. When, it, when we took up old blocks of uh, age or 100 year old carignans, we still have a little carignan block back there. Of carignan? Yeah. Oh, nice. A little bit. A little bit. Becerra um, uh, and uh, Allegheny spelled like that. Ah, Boucher. Very nice. <laughs> but that's where all those steaks came from. So we repurposed them and we 
Nice. You know, <laughs> I tell you what, we were doing something similar recently. We're, we're taking all our old redwood fence, like uh, the posts for fences, and we're shaving them down and making grape stakes out of them because we're going to try to plant like a little head trained uh, vineyard out in Petaluma or some Italian varietal. I haven't figured it out yet because what's going to grow here that grows there. But uh, but yeah, we're going to try to do all redwood stakes all recycled from the old days and see what happens. Yeah, that's what we did. We went to that Home Depot and we bought a little, right there, that was right on the tabletop there. And we just ripped everything we had and we made two pounds of Oh, wow. Steaks. Oh, wow. Ingenuity. It is. Nothing goes to waste here. Nothing. Nothing. All sustainable farming. Heck, yeah. If you find yourself with too much stuff, build a nut shack. Uh, <laughs> and the nuts are there because they don't on the road. You know, I'll tell you what. I just had some of these Basorti walnuts. And if you're a fan of tannin, those big tannic reds, I have a nut to sell you. Because walnuts are naturally very high in tannin. And that's what gives them that wonderfully bitter taste that goes so good with sweet. They don't call it bitter sweet for nothing. It's because of the, the walnuts. Yeah. So. And then as well, too, we also sell chestnuts here, too. Uh, anybody? Just the season. Tis the, the season. Just the season for and better. it's hard to find chestnuts. A lot of the American chestnuts have seen you later. Better hurry up and get yours here at Fulton Road on what I think. River Road. River Road, not Fulton Road. Excuse yeah. me. In, the, in, town of in the town of Fulton, here on River Road, 1350. Just across from the Yellow Peak, Mike Stretch Garden. And advice, right when you get out of the town of Fulton, turn left, because I definitely went past it and <laughs> shamelessly backed up on River Road. So... <laughs> Yeah, look for the festive nut shack. That's the the marker. It's got Christmas lights on it this year. Christmas lights. It says walnuts. It's. I even put little uh, little thank you welcome books. People put their names in there, write their emails in there. No kidding. That, that was a little not uh, good time with friend of ours, Rick Posey Jr. Oh. He used to have the there in winter across from the golf course. There was all the ground roll that he moves. Yeah. There, that was his animals. And he had a little reading book. He'd go uh, pick up uh, uh, all the old bread from Safeway, I think it was, and hmm. give to animals. But he'd leave it out there and have people stop by, guests, and he would let them feed the animals. <laughs> and he had a guest book there. He had people from all over the world stop by and feed, feed these brown bowls and beavers. Hmm. I'm going to look for your little book then. It's, uh, it's a little extra thing book. I got it at National Convention. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, I kept it. I kept it all these years, and I was trying to figure, do I use it for classes? Or that was a good time for it. Uh huh. there, it's, it's on a little shelf that I built from a little uh, wine barrel. Oh, nice. Yeah. Recycled. It's all recycled. Nothing goes to waste. There's even a farm bureau sign in there too. Oh, look at that. <laughs> I make everything, as we keep saying tonight, full circle. Full, full, full triangle. Full mm -hmm. triangle for the nut house. You know, that's a good idea. It's the way to go. Cryptocurrency. Well, I mean, I'm not, I'm not going that far. I'm not taking <laughs> Deutschland or to the moon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll let that one play out before I get into that. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm not going that far. Simple 
silver ingots. <laughs> Ooh, yeah, just say, uh, what is it, a shilling of silver? Or something shilling. Like shilling. Just the right amount of silver. Yeah, I'm 80. Oh, man. I've enjoyed myself. I know I have. Okay. Just remember where you heard it from. This side of the barn. All right. Adios, everybody.